Welcome to the Terry and Jesse Show. It's a Monday, and actually, it's actually Ash Wednesday. Can you tell? Look at Father Charles Murph. You're watching on YouTube. He's got his ash. I should have washed. I should have washed my forehead. No, pretend it was Monday. No, no, no. Folks, just so you know, we do these on on Wednesday morning at 6 a.m. California time, and I think it's like four o'clock where Father's at. So we do it when we can do it. But thank you, Jesus, for the opportunity to share the gospel. Father Murd, I'm excited about today's show, not just because I feel 100% better than I have in the last couple of weeks. It's because— Thank God. Yeah, thank God I, you're better. Terry. Thank you, Jesus. Exactly. And here's the point. Today we're going to talk about Cardinal Mueller and his, his uh, interview with the National Catholic Re- Register. F- fantastic. And also Cardinal Gagnon, who you knew quite well, who served the Church quite well and defended the Church, I would say, quite well— and, uh, yes, and well. we, you got some great stories to talk about. And I also want to talk about something that you mentioned at LifeSite News, and it's a teaser. I'm going to let uh, you guys uh, go to LifeSite News and watch this interview that Father did. But I want him to tell you a little bit about what he witnessed with another uh, priest who now confirmed what Father heard. So now you got more than one person saying it. But before we get to all of that, I'd like to get to the gospel for, the, for this particular uh, day on Monday. And it's the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 25. Father, do you want to read it, or should I read the Gospel? Let me, let me just—I uh, think you better read it, because okay. as, as you announced, well, we're, we're at different days and everything We are. Else. We're all so mixed it's, up it's on easier, days. It's easier, you've got it in front of you. I got Go it in front. Okay, a Gospel according to Matthew, chapter 25, 31 to 46. Jesus said to his disciples, When the Son of Man comes in his glory, and all the angels with him, he will sit upon his glorious throne, and all the nations will be assembled before him, and he will separate them one from another, as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will place the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. A stranger, and you welcomed me. Naked, and you clothed me. Ill, and you cared for me. In prison, and you visited me. Then the righteous will ask, and will answer him and say, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty, or give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and welcome you, or naked and clothe you? When did we see you ill, or in prison, and visit you? And the king will say to them in reply, Amen. I say to you, whatever you did for one of these least brothers of mine, you did for me. Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, from me, you accursed, for into eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. A stranger, and you gave me no welcome. Naked, and you gave me no clothing. Ill and in prison, and you did not care for me. Then they will answer and say, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or ill or in prison and not minister to your needs? 
he will answer them, Amen, I say to you, whatever you did not do for one of these least ones, you did not do for me. And these, and these will go off to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Praise Jesus you, Lord Christ. Jesus. Before you give any commentary, is this not as clear as it can be that souls go to hell? I mean, give me a break. Okay, Father, I'm turning it I, over. I, 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 don't, I don't think you can get much clearer. <laughs> you know. Your thought. It, it's, 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 it's amazing what, what it's amazing the trouble you can get in when you when you ignore sacred scripture. Exactly. You nailed you know, it. It's amazing. It's amazing. But uh, but yes, this you know this this gospel is is so beautiful, uh, and you know what I think is is even more beautiful in this. Tell and, me, and I, I got it when you were reading it right now. Yeah, those I love the idea that those who have been doing charity would be would say to Christ, "When did we when did we do that?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because it because it because it's so natural. Exactly, it's so natural that it wasn't looked on as something extraordinary. Right, right. That's the beauty of it, uh, boy. I remember. I remember the the sisters that that used to work in the hospitals, mm -hmm. and they would go around to each patient and be with it. the hours, the hours, days, years they spent with all of those people, taking on part of their pain and and, and sorrow. Beautiful, you know. But I'm sure that you would they would be surprised that they actually did something marvelous. Oh yeah, because it was it's what they it's what they did. It's well, who they were. If I right? could jump in and just say. We do our daily duty. You see, this is the same thing. These sisters did that. Moms do that with the children. Dads do it. Uh, priests, daily yes. duty. I mean, I'm going to be honest with you, Father. And now people say to me, like, we've got some priests that I know, friends, and they go, oh, I don't want to have to get up at, you know, 8 o'clock to do Mass. That's too early for me to get up. And I, <laughs> I'm serious. I look at them. I said, you know, I, I'm, I'm serious. This has happened recently for me. And I said, are you serious? Do you know what a father and mother... You know what? I'm watching my grandchildren. I was up yeah. at 10 minutes to 4 to pray because I knew at 5 a.m. My, oh. my grandson would be looking for me. Okay? Now, I'm not bragging. I'm just saying, come on. Set, let, that sacrifice is the language of love. When you tell me you can't get up to serve God's people, I really question your devotion because... I don't you do you do well to question it. You do well to question it. Just a thought. Uh, and, and you should and you should do it out loud so that these people think themselves yeah. uh, get a good glimpse of themselves of what they're doing. It's outrageous. Yeah, crazy. Well, this scripture has so much uh, for us all to really look at. And you know, the the thing that I like about it too, what you do on me to at least to my brothers. I mean, I know there's songs about this, but the thing about it is, can we imagine? Can you imagine? I, I look at this, the you know, the even expiation that we're praying. This is another spiritual uh, aspect of our charity for people. Praying for the sinners, making reparation for sins. It's charity, mm -hmm. but it's just on that supernatural level. But on the natural level, yes, grace builds on nature. So we need to take care of the hungry, the imprisoned. This is just a beautiful gospel to read over and over again. And and also the, the the beautiful part of that gospel is is it's more than an invitation. It's yeah. it's Christ's insistence mm. that we see in the other. Yeah. That we see Him right in the other. 
And it doesn't matter if that other is completely opposite of what we are. Yeah. All right. That other is Christ. It, you got it. Father, this gospel we could talk the whole hour on, but I, I guess we better move on here. Let's bring the smartest guy into the room right now, Archbishop Sheen. Full Sheen ahead. See if this relates to you, Father. I know you've you've got a lot of education under your belt, even uh, not just re, uh, formation for your priesthood, but um, secular formation at, at universities. Bishop Sheen said this. See if this relates to you. Whenever a professor attacks morality and makes fun of religion before his pupils, you can be sure nine times out of ten that his life is rotten. Did you ever have anybody in college? I did. Where the priest attacked the your Catholic faith? Sure, sure. Yeah, I figured. Yes, it would. when it went, sure. Are you kidding? <laughs> I, had, I had, I had, it was, it was, it, and it was more shocking than it is today because in, oh, in the yeah. 19th, the late 60s, you know, the early, the mid mid 60s to the late 60s, and then into the 70s, to hear a priest attacking the Catholic oh, faith, God. mocking it, yeah. Uh, now, the, the one of the one of the one of the famous was one of the famous uh, attacks was uh, the virginity of Mary. Wow, they, they particularly hated that. Yeah, they particularly hated the virginity of the Blessed Virgin, and attacked it constantly, constantly. I'm sitting in college courses with priests teaching theology. Yeah, the theology course, and and this is this comes up constantly, constantly, constantly. And you know it. It just reminded me of this. I don't know where I picked this up along the line, but oh. I, it probably was Sheen. It yeah, probably was wouldn't Sheen. surprise me. But but he he said he or he and others also said when when Mary is attacked, yes, it is not Mary who's attacked. It is the first defense line of Christ. Oh, well said. Yes, of you course. Know, it's, that, of course. That's that's who they're going after. Yeah. Uh, and, and they they begin by mocking Mary to get her out of the way because she defends she defends the the humanity and the divinity of Christ. It's very it's it's very well it's very well defined in her. And to get her out of the way, that's what they would that's what they would do. They would criticize her, but actually, what they were criticizing is Christ. Well, I'm going to go to the next stage for my own experience when priests would do that, uh, where they would attack the virginity of the Blessed Mother. You know what I noticed. Nine times out of ten, and I mean I, a lot of times, those priests were not living a chaste life. I'm sorry, Father. I realize. No, no, no. That that would actually, actually, that would that should be when you hear something like that, the first flag to go up. I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that's been yeah, nice. There, there's there's something there's something's rotten in Denmark. Yeah, right? yeah. Father, before we get into this Cardinal Mueller, we got the break now. Cardinal Mueller article. I like to tease everybody. And uh, I want to ask you about Cardinal Gagnon, who was a very special Cardinal events Prince of the Church, who affected you in a really positive way, even your priesthood. And tell us oh. about him, and because we need Cardinals like that and much more. Stay with us, family. We'll be right back with more on the Terry and Jesse Show with Father Charles Murray. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. Father Charles Murs here. This segment is brought to you by Tan Books. Go to vmpr.org and click on the Tan Book logo to shop for all your Catholic books needs. Uh, Tan Books by just clicking it and on our logo. 
and they give us a little bit of a, a, a commission back to vmpr.org because we, oh gosh, we do interviews of all their good publishing authors because they're just a great publishing house. So I would recommend that. Father Murr, I, I was, I'm, I'm always moved by some of the stories you told us about Cardinal Gagnon over the years. And for those who don't know who he is, maybe they didn't read your book on Freemasonry. But uh, can you give us a kind of a, a background who he is? Which they, which they should, Terry. Yeah, they which they should. Absolutely. <laughs> I get more people who take a picture of the book and say, I'm reading Father Murr's book. It's awesome. And they have a picture That's of the good. book. So, yeah, the, the book is getting all out. And many different types. I think even in Polish, if, if I'm correct, now it's in Polish. It's in Polish. It's in it's in uh, Czechian, uh, uh, Hungarian. Oh my goodness! Uh, they're doing a translation right now in, into French, and I just signed a contract for a new Italian one. Good. The Italian, yeah, the Italian. The, for, uh, uh, actually, the, the new contract is for the Godmother. They're going to do. Oh, good. The 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 uh, Vatican uh, murder in the thirty third degree is in its. I think it's in its third printing awesome. in Italy. So awesome. They said especially it's sold out in Rome. Where it should. Figure that out. Yeah, you think? Well, <laughs> yeah. Father, tell us a little bit about Cardinal Gagnon, who he was, and your relationship. Well, uh, let me let me, let me me put it this way. Yeah. Uh, Cardinal Gagnon was a French-Canadian uh, uh, Sulpician priest. Mm -hmm. uh, they, they, uh, he was also a, a provincial of the Sulpicians. Uh, for Canada and mm -hmm. for and then again in Latin America, okay. in Colombia especially, uh, very devout man, very intelligent man, great sense of humor, a man of <laughs> deep and profound profound faith, uh, no nonsense. Um, I met him in 1974 in Rome. Wow. We became friends from then on until the end of his life. That's great. But I wanted to tell you one story I about can't wait. him. Well, this is then. This is this is uh, this is timely. <laughs> Good, this is timely. Uh, I was stationed after Mexico. Cardinal uh, Cardinal O'Connor called me to to New York. Mm -hmm. Thank God, because he's and then he saved my life. Yeah. Um, and he asked me. He asked me, "Where would you like to go? Where would you like to be stationed?" I said, "I I, I wasn't brought up in that school. You put me where I'm needed." <laughs> I love it. And. He said, well, we don't do that anymore. And I said, well, I, I don't know what to answer you because I don't know the Archdiocese of New York. Anyway, uh, I was given, I had three or four or five different choices. Mm -hmm. And I'm going around interviewing. It's like you're interviewing for a job. Yeah. I said, this is crazy. I'm a priest. You need me. You don't need me. Exactly. Uh, that's it. But the problem is, the problem is that even at that time, this is like 19, uh, even at that time, 1993, 1993-1994-1993-1994-1993-1994-1993-1994-1993-1994-1993-1994-1993-1994-1993-1994-1993-1994-1993-1994-1993-1994-1993-1994-1993-1994-1993-1994-1993-1994-1993-1994-1993-1
Well, I went in. Good. We were in the South Bronx. I'm going to tell you something. Tell me. It was tough. St. Joseph's in the South Bronx. St. Joseph's Bathgate. Bathgate Avenue in the South Bronx. Okay. Uh, I, the first, the first, uh, it seems like I'm making these things up yeah. because so many of them are so fantastic. Yeah. The first afternoon I'm there, Terry. What happened? Uh, I just went upstairs, unpacked my stuff, put on a cassock, yeah. came down, and Father Delaney is going to show me the school across the street. Well, we get out, we get out onto the street with, uh, what was the man's name? Alfredo. Alfredo was the caretaker, a great guy, a, a Puerto Rican, mm -hmm. Puerto Rican man who was fantastic. Very, very, very good man. With the three of us are standing on the corner of the church. Yeah. And Kitty Corner to us is another corner. Of course, is like a corner store. Down the street comes speeding this, this car. Yeah. And turns right in front of us and shoots and kills a, a 17 or 18 year old. What? This is noon. This is at noon. Oh my. This is at noon. And, and listen to this. Huh. It, well, it's this, this sounds even more unbelievable. I go running over after the, after you get over the shock of what just happened in front of you that you're watching. Uh, to to give last rites to the to the to the yeah. he looked everybody in that section was Puerto Rican or Dominican so there, there's a good chance that they were Catholics right yeah I'm going well <laughs> Alfredo took me by the arm he said where are you going he said you shouldn't get involved with that I said there's a man dying right I said I said his soul and yeah. Alfredo said Father he was a bad kid mixed up in bad things. If he goes to hell, that's where he belongs. Oh my gosh. Wow. I feel like, whoa. This was this was welcome to the South Bronx. What this was welcome to the baptism Bronx. Baptism of, of, of fire. Wow. Yeah, it was it was. It was. Anyway, uh the story that I wanted to tell of, of uh it was difficult. It was a difficult situation. Really difficult. And that's when I told you that we had the, the parish school right across the street, yeah. St. Joseph's School. Yeah. Uh I don't know, 300, 350 kids, about 30 to 40 of them had a father. That's it? In the home. Uh, in the home. That's sad. And many of them, uh, Terry, uh, I mean, this to me was a culture shock that I couldn't believe. Many of them were being raised by their grandmother. Unbelievable. Because their mother had run off with her latest boyfriend. Wow. And, and Terry, that's not it. The grandmother who's raising the kid because yes. their mother ran off with the boyfriend. The grandmother is on crack. Oh no! Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. It's it was it was. I never. I, I I've never. I, I'm saying, am I am I in the United States of America? Is this is this my country? Yeah, it was. Anyway, look. Here's the story of Gagnon. Okay. Gagnon and I used to speak on the phone, at least two two times a week. Yeah. Right. And. So I get a telephone call from him uh, one evening. How are you doing and everything else? Blah, 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 kind of talking about things. And I said, fine. I just came back from a wake. He said, oh, I said, I said, I said, evidence. You, you can't believe it. I was told that there was a, a guy by the name of, uh, I'll, I'll say Ro Roberto Gonzalez. I don't sure. know what he was. Yeah, yeah, right. Roberto Gonzalez, uh, right down the street at the, at the funeral home. I walked in, and I'm, I'm recounting this to him over the phone, yeah. but I walked in to the, the funeral home, and there was absolutely nobody there except somebody at the front desk. Yeah. 
And I said, well, I'm, I'm here for the, uh, for the wake service. For the, actually, I don't do a wake service. I do a rosary. Amen. A rosary with a, a rosary with a, uh, with some preaching. Absolutely. Right? I, I stop and give a, give a sermon. Right. Okay. So anyway, I said, there's nobody here. And I said, well, who are you looking for? And I said, well, Roberto Gonzalez. Oh, he's in, he's in, uh, uh, they had two chapels, A and B, right? So I went into A. Well, I came out, I came out and I said, that's not Roberto Gonzalez. There's nobody there, but there's, it's, it's, a, it's a woman who's in the coffin. And, and the, the, the guy looked up and said, that's Roberto Gonzalez. Oh, my gosh. Right? So, right, so I, I guess I saw Roberto Gonzalez, it turns out, is what we call in those days a transvestite. Right. And he's being buried in pearls and I don't know what else, right? Yeah. But but I was I, right. So so Cardinal Gagnon said to me, and I'm recounting this to the Cardinal by phone. He said, "And what did you do?" I said, "Well, I came back home." He said, "You did what?" I said, "I came back home." He said, "Listen to me. This and this is a man who loved me, right?" Yeah, he, said, he told you straight up. You get yourself right back there. Yep. And you say the rosary for that man. Yep. And if you don't, I don't want to hear from you again. Wow. That's the, that's a true friend. Yeah. I said, wow. Are you, he said, he said, he said, he said to me, he said, Charles, who do you think you are? Who do you think you are? Because there's nobody there. And the man is, is dressed up like a woman. He doesn't have a soul. He doesn't need prayer. Great point. Great point. Right. I marched myself back, got in, and said the rosary by myself, uh, and a few other prayers just to make up for my own belligerence. Right? Yeah. yeah. I, I got back and and I didn't. I wasn't in the house a half an hour, and I got another call from Cardinal Gagnon. I said, "Well, did you go back and pray?" I said, "Yes, I did." He said, "Good. Then we can continue talking." Unbelievable. <laughs> right? But see, this is this is what kills me when they're saying, for example, yeah. That, uh, that we hate, we hate the homosexuals, and we're all afraid of homosexuals. And we have homophobic. No, yeah. it's not that we hate. Nobody hates. Nobody hates. It, what, what we're talking about is the sin of, of a union. Yes, of a union with of, of, of to bless a union. And by the way, I just see that that uh, uh, one of our Jesuit friends is is running around blessing unions. Also, the Pope is blessing unions. They're not blessing individuals it's unions right which which they denied it the first time yeah this transparency that they're talking about all the time terry where is it i, I don't know I, I haven't seen it i agree it's incredible anyway the point is the point is we hate the sin we do not hate the sinner and in a moment in that moment of weakness when i just saw this man in addresses well there's nothing to do here yes there is something to do there yeah yeah right? yeah that that's a beautiful testimony about how we should be dealing with people who are deep in mortal sin objective mortal sin um yes they have a soul and we need to pray for them and we need to minister to them i always say this people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care and you can that's have right. phd's and whatever but if you don't care for the soul well your education is useless and so I think that's Bishop very... Sheen. Bishop Sheen also said it this way, Terry. Yeah. He said, the world has heard every reason for the existence of God. Yeah. And the world is ready to reject every one of those reasons. Yeah. 
Accept love. Accept love. Isn't that beautiful? Wow. That's it. He nailed it. Hey, Father, we so can... You can have what, you can, what you're saying. You can have all the reasons in the world. You can have all the degrees in the world. You can have all of the education in the world. It doesn't matter. Yeah. That's... You have no love, as St. Paul said. Uh, I, what have you got? Nothing. And what does St. Thomas say about what true love is? Willing the good of the other. So right. how can you will the good of the other if someone is practicing sodomy? Let me just be honest with you. And you say, oh, that's okay. You're, you, you're in love with your boyfriend just because you're a man. See, this is not supported by a biblical worldview. And we have people high in the officials of the church saying that they love each other. It's okay. That's not love. Love is willing the good of the other. When we come back, we'll talk about Cardinal, Cardinal Mueller's effort to explain things on the Catholic faith, but with a biblical worldview. Stay with us, family. We'll be right back after a quick break. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse show. Father Charles Murr, I'm, I'm picking at his brain and saying, Father, uh, I, when I read your book on Freemasonry, you talked about the life of Mario, uh, uh, Mario Marini, uh, and you also did an interview a week ago with Faith and Reason with John Henry Weston and Liz Yore, and you were sharing stories related on how uh, his longtime friend, Monsignor Mario Marini, viewed then-Cardinal Jorge Mario, and I just wanted to give an overview of that because I found people are going to watch it. It's going to take a little bit, but can you kind of just uh, summarize what you had to say and what you witnessed? Sure. Uh Mario Marini was uh, secretary of the uh, the uh, congregation for uh, divine worship, mm -hmm. among other hats that he wore. He was also a uh, uh, secretary for the for uh, Ecclesia Dei. He worked in the Secretary of State. Worked in the congregation for the clergy. He knew the Roman Curia like the back of his hand. Great, strong man, great man. Anyway. Uh, I wasn't, as I told you before, Terry, sure. I wasn't going to tell this. No. Because, you you know, you get to a certain age and you say, did I really hear that so many? <laughs> anyway, but yes, about two, two, two and a half weeks ago. Yeah. A priest that I knew very well and who, who I introduced to Mario Marini in, in 1975 came to visit me. We hadn't seen each other in since... I believe 2005 or 2007. Wow. Right? And uh, he came to visit. And while we were visiting, I said to him, do you remember Monsignor Marini saying something about, saying some things about Bergoglio, about Father Bergoglio, mm -hmm. the Jesuit? He said, oh, he said, so I certainly do. I said, oh, then, it, then it's not me. I didn't dream this. He said, no, 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 no. He said, don't you remember we had... The, and he brought me back to the restaurant, sure. the conversation, everything else. I said, yes. Uh, we just, we, we talked about this when he was here for at least an hour. It was very surprising to me that in 19, that in 2005, after the death of John Paul II, mm -hmm. Mario Marini, I spoke to him, of course, and I said, uh, the next conclave, who are the candidates? Who are, who's who's first in running? Yeah. And he said, 
Cardinal Ratzinger and Cardinal Bergoglio. Wow. I said, Cardinal Bergoglio, who's, who's Cardinal Bergoglio? I had, had no idea. I'd never heard of him in my life. Mm -hmm. He said, Archbishop of Buenos Aires in Argentina. I said, I said, and, and they, they, he, they both have a good chance of winning. Are they both good? Of course, I knew Ratzinger. I said, and is Bergoglio very good man? Very good man, very traditional Catholic, uh, and, and would uphold the faith beautifully. So either one of them who won would have been fine. Now, let me just tell you something quickly about Mario Marini. Hmm. To dupe Mario Marini, you've got to be pretty good. Yeah, You've got to be pretty good. I mean, really, because he can see through just about everything. This man had come to him, had been coming to him for years, especially when he was having problems with the Jesuits. Yeah. Right? Bergoglio, the Jesuits in Argentina. Mm -hmm. And he gave the impression always to Mario. And this later on, Mario told us all of this, like in 2007 to Father Carlo and myself. Uh, he would come that he was trying to reform the Jesuits there. He was there's the superior of the Jesuits for a while, and he was trying to reform them because they were so involved with theology of liberation, which he detested. He detested the theology of liberation. This is Bergoglio, right? Yeah, I'm and we had to get, we had to get the Jesuits out of this because they're going the wrong way. Blah blah. A very anti-Marxist, very anti-communist Bergoglio. Wow. Anti-women's ordination. Wow. Anti-homosexual unions. Wow. Very pro-marriage. Wow. Pro-marriage because I think that even at that time in Argentina, there were some rumblings they wanted to legalize uh, 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 same-sex marriage. And Bergoglio was absolutely against it. Well, this is the way he presented himself to Mario Marini. And around 19, uh, around 2007, it's a year or so after the, after the, uh, the election of, of Ratzinger, Something happened to Mario Marini and Bergoglio's relationship. Probably Marini found out that he wasn't telling him exactly what, what, uh, what the, the, the score, but they, they, they were estranged from then on. Uh, but, but all of those years, he had told all of these things to Mario, and of course, he's making himself a very, a very prime candidate for, for, for the papacy because of, what, because of his stance on... on on everything. He was against everything. He's he's he was against everything that you and I are against today. Incredible. Right? Well, he wasn't. That's the problem. He was not. This was a, this was a storyline he was selling. Well, uh, can I jump uh, in? Can I just jump in and say and, yes. I, I, I see this. Sure. It's hard, it's hard for us to see this because in the year 2000, there was a document that was put out called Dominus Jesus. And it was pointing yes. out the uniqueness of the Catholic Church that uh, the Catholic Church has the fullness of the truth, and the Protestants have portions, but they don't have the fullness of the truth. And uh, Archbishop Bergoglio would not go to Rome for the meeting that John Paul II called for to communicate this teaching because he was not happy with that. So I, I, I get that, and then I'll throw one more thing that just puzzles me, and it really does. This is the same Archbishop where... Uh, a Anglican bishop who rode a motorcycle was friends with the archbishop, and he wanted to become Catholic 
And the Archbishop Bergoglio said to the bishop who is Anglican, there's no need to become Catholic. There's no benefit. Just stay, just be your own good uh, bishop uh, for the Anglican Church. And about a year after that, he died in a car and a motorcycle accident. And my reason I'm saying is I'm getting mixed signals. Which is it? When I hear what you're telling me, I'm like, wait, wait a minute. You have a well, that, 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 but Terry, this is exactly the point. Okay. Look, look, do you, I don't know how familiar you are with Juan Perón. Oh. The dictator. Yes. The dictator I'm of Argentina. I'm very familiar with him. Juan Perón would say yes to you. Yes, to my friends. Everybody. Would say yes to yes to somebody who held the opposite yes. point of view as you. Yes. Yes to a third who had nothing to do with you. Two, exactly. Everything was yes. Everybody loved Juan Perón <laughs> because he was he was a yes man for everything. Oh my God! It's you know it reminds me, Terry. I, I said this on the other program. It reminds me of that scene. There's a scene in Fiddler on the Roof. I remember That's that great. pretty well. What part? Two men are having an argument. Oh yeah. Over whether it was a horse or a mule exactly. that was sold and this and the other thing. Love that dialogue. And, and they said, well, rabbi, rabbi. <laughs> and out comes the old rabbi. Which is it, rabbi? Which is right? And he said, you're right. And you are right. Love that. Love it. And and then somebody protested. They said, he's right and he's right. They both can't be right. Yeah. He said, you also are right. <laughs> That's such a great right. dialogue. I love so, it. So if you just if you just keep you know you just yeah. keep saying yes to everybody. Yeah. Yeah. You're you're going to be popular in, in no time. Incredible. Uh, but that that doesn't tell us what real convictions he ever held. Yeah, that's just. And so it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't really it really wasn't wasn't really honest, was it? No. And thanks for sharing that story because it does help us understand where we're at today. And I want to transition. We only have a couple minutes in this segment, but I, I just want to. Oh, by the way, Terry, just a, just a minute. When when news came to 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 the Pope, yes, that Mario Marini had died. Yeah, tell me. He said to a whole group of people, "When I received that news, later on a group came to him. They said, when I received the news of Monsignor Marini's death, I never had such a.' I, he said it was one of the worst days of my life." Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's amazing. I never amazing. heard that story. You know, I, yeah. the reason I'm bringing this up is because Cardinal Mueller is a German cardinal. And he kind of stands out because in Germany, we all have been reading about the horrendous things that go on there. And there's a German diocese under prominent bishop, who's the, you know, bishop's president of the bishop's conference. Uh, he's, he, they have no. Uh, ordinations for the priesthood for the first time in 200 years. Now, I, Father Bish, Father Murr, I mean, <clears throat> Cardinal Mueller is pointing out with these that we're, we got to go back to a biblical root. I think you said it, and I wrote it down about what you just said earlier in the show. It's amazing how messed up we can be when we leave out Scripture and teachings our yes. faith. Uh, and this is what Germany has done. And in a, in a big way, Cardinal Mueller is calling out efforts to explain fiducio supplicants is adding to the confusion over the document. Cardinal Mueller lamented that as subsequence of the declaration, nobody is speaking about the blessing of marriage, of children, of the family, which is our duty, and not to divide the church. I haven't heard anybody talk like that. What happened to the family? I know John Paul II wrote a letter in 94, to families and said the way the family goes is the way the culture goes, but it, it, it Cardinal Mueller, he's the pre, he was a prefect for the doctrine of faith, and said frequent 
efforts to try to clarify this is really just causing more confusion. He said, what is needed? Are you ready for this? Drum roll. What is needed is the clarity of the word of God rather than bowing down to this absolute wrong LGBT and woke ideology. That sentence right there. Yes. He nailed it. Your thoughts? Yeah, that's exactly right. No, that's exactly right. What else is there to say to that? Yeah. Are you going along with the ideology of the day? Yeah. The ideology of the day, which which today is this way, tomorrow is another way. Exactly. That's what you follow. This, you know, Terry, for two thousand years, we fought. We've been trying our very best to follow the truth. Right. And this had this has put us at odds with the world uh, throughout our entire history. Yep. And, and we're not in agreement with the spirit of the world. We're at odds with it. All of a sudden, we're in agreement with it. And, and remember what Bishop Sheen said, if I were not a Catholic and I was looking for the true church in the world today, I would look for the one church which did not get along well with the world. In other words, there I would look for the church which the world hates. And one, unfortunately, right. right now, we're doing too much worldly ideas and not biblical ideas. When we come back, Cardinal Mueller says some more things that I think are important regarding the Catholic faith. Stay with us, family. We'll be right back Thanks. after a quick break. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Welcome back. Actually, it's Father Charles Murray. It's a Monday, and I'm enjoying this article by Cardinal Mueller. It, 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 he just is nailing it in a way that needs to be said. He said this, the Cardinal reiterated that he believes there was no need for the declaration uh, and that the people in same-sex relationships are brought to the church by um, revitalizing the truth and cheapening grace, but by unadulterated gospel of Jesus Christ. He said, how dare we? He's talking about people dressed like you, Father Murr, priests, deacons. I know, he says, I know, how dare we? How dare we, as servants of Jesus Christ, make this divine teaching unclear with mere human sophistry, he said. The Cardinal Mueller lamented that as the consequence of fiducial supplicants, nobody is speaking about the blessing of children and of marriage and family, which is, he says, our duty, and not to divide the church. Uh, one more comment, then I'll, uh, one more statement, and I'll have you give us your thoughts. He said, nobody is scandalized. And this is, he's saying this, that Pope Francis tried to explain this on Wednesday last week in an interview. He said, and I want to make this distinction. He says, nobody is scandalized if I give, the Pope says, a blessing to a businessman who may be exploiting people, and that is a very serious sin, the Pope said, whereas they are scandalized if I give it to a homosexual. This is hypocrisy. He added that he blesses everyone in the confessional. I don't bless homosexual marriage. I bless two people who love each other. Now, Father... Can I just give my, I, I can't hold back on this. This is sickening, okay? I'm sorry. He's the yeah. figure of Christ. I don't deny it. I pray for him. But when you have two people sodomizing themselves, homosexuals have an average of 200 partners over the life of their time on earth. And we're going to tell them that, who am I to, why can't I bless them? Because they're lo- they love each other. They don't love each other. Love has nothing to do with objective mortal sin of sodomizing each other. And so I just want to ask you, uh, 
And then I'll give you my comment about the businessman. Are you kidding me? How do we know what businessman is doing if we just bless some businessman who asks for a blessing? Are we going to presume he's unethical? I just don't see the analogy. It just seems to me it limps and it, it, as a layman. It, it, it is what Cardinal Mueller just called sophistry. That's it. That's it. Right? It's, it's, it that's what it is. What, and and what, 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 what Papa Bergoglio keeps doing is this. Tell me. He's talking about unions. Yep. We, and we know that. We, we, they, they also made a, purpose, a purposeful change in the translation from the English. The English was translated one way. All of the other languages were translated another way. Yep. I, you even know that. Okay. So what he's saying is this. He's saying, if you go along with this, see, if, if, right from the beginning, if you don't catch it, you're along for the ride to the end, to the conclusion. Of, yeah. to, you see? You see? Yeah. A businessman who may be corrupt comes to me, comes to one of these priests. Here's what he's saying. To one of these priests who will not who will not uh, uh, bless a homosexual union, yeah. a, a corrupt businessman could come, and that same priest would give that corrupt businessman a blessing. Mm -hmm. But he won't give it to this, to this union. No, just a minute. Just a minute. You are, uh, you're mixing apples and oranges here. Absolutely. Uh, there is, Terry... I was in New York City. Do you know how many blessings I gave to to homosexuals? A lot, I'm sure. I, I don't know, thousands, I guess. Yeah. Uh, how many to to heterosexuals? Thousands. Of course. To children, thousands. To old people, thousands. I don't ever remember not giving a blessing to somebody who asked a blessing. Yeah. That's not the question. The question is blessing a union. Exactly. That's 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 the thing. Let me let me just tell you we were talking about Cardinal Gagnon, huh? Yes, please. Let me let me just tell you this. Cardinal Gagnon gave a very famous blessing. Oh, this is good. I that I heard, and 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 a group of people heard it because they didn't believe it. Yeah. There was a there was a, a very wicked woman religious mm -hmm. who had done tremendous harm to a number of people and a number of things. And Cardinal Gagnon knew all about it. All about the case. Yeah. Well, she came up to him in a very hypocritical fashion and asked him for his blessing. Mm -hmm. Now he knew what she was up to, and he said, "Yes, if you kneel down, I'll give you my blessing." And everyone was standing around. She knelt down. He said, "May this blessing serve to distance you from the fires of hell to which you are dangerously oh. near." In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Awesome. Now, that was a blessing, too. That's right. That was a blessing, too, right? So there are all sorts of blessings you can give. That's but a great here, the point is, The point is, what, 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 what the Pope is trying to do is, is, uh, is with, with words, uh, pull the wool over everybody's eyes, but, but it's not working. He knows it. And, and one of the questions that was asked to Cardinal Mueller but some commentators are saying this document was needed in order to stop the church in Germany, in particular, from going ahead with a full-scale liturgical same-sex blessing that will help prevent such a thing from happening. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? He says, we cannot solve the problems around the German bishops with these diplomatic maneuvers. And this is where he just nails it. We must say the truth. Oh, what a novel idea. That is yeah. Well, hey, hey, that might fly. I mean, tell the truth. That is, it is blasphemy 
That is a sin that you can you can betray yourself, that you can betray others, but nobody can betray God. We must say the truth, not because we are saints or others are sinners. And this is what I really like. He said, if we preach the gospel, I'm under the judgment of the gospel. Right. He said, the yes. preacher himself must be the model of all. He must make great efforts to give good examples to the underlining of the faith with credibility of the preachers. But he has to say the word of God, which makes us free, and not to present himself as more liberal and open-minded than God, who offered his own son for the salvation of the world. Cardinal Mueller, why don't you really tell me what you think? I love it. I love it. What, yeah, well, it's very clear, isn't it? Very clear. No ambiguity. When, and what he's, say, what he's saying is, what he's saying is basically, uh, we have to speak the truth. And here's here's the catch, Terry. Even when the truth condemns us who are preaching the truth, exactly. <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't matter. We we look. I can be preaching, and I've done this many times, oh. and I caught myself. Somebody asked me. Somebody asked me not too long ago, "Have you ever been? Have you ever been guilty of hypocrisy?" I said, "Oh, of course I have." Of course I have. I said, I find myself preaching about the need to love one another. And while I'm preaching, I'm realizing a fault that I had with somebody I'm seeing in the in the congregation. Oh, yeah. And that, or a lack of reconciliation with that person. Sure. There's 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 all sorts of things. That doesn't mean that I change the word of God so that I can be so that I can be fine. That means that I have to repent and get myself fine with the word of God. You don't change God's word so that you can be that you can be the winner. That's yep. it. Yep. That's what we're doing. That's what we're doing. Yeah, well, you know, there's more questions that he has asked, but I'll just give one quick one. What do you say in the view that in our overly sexualized culture, which many are wounded by this tragic consequence of so-called sexual revolution, such a document was necessary because it was no other way to reach the people to bring them back to the church? <laughs> Wait to hear what he says. He says, these people are not brought to the church by uh, revitalizing the truth and cheapening grace, but by the unadulterated gospel of Jesus Christ. Well said. In view, exactly. Uh, yeah, exactly. In, in view of the weakness of man, especially in the areas of sexuality, Jesus did not show any sympathy for adultery, but said that whoever even looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery in his heart and has transgressed the sixth commandment of God in the Decalogue, load and thus renounced the life of God and his truth. And he's quoting Matthew chapter 5. I mean, this is a biblical worldview of sexuality. And what I'm seeing right now, Father Murray, you, you have a psychology degree. It seems to me that we're, I mean, I see cardinals saying that now, well, well, we now know through science and psychology that, um, you know, homosexuality is, is not uh, a bad thing because, it's just a natural thing that some people go through. And so we can't be condemning the Bible is wrong. And these are cardinals saying this. And I'm scratching my head saying, did you hear what he just said? I mean, what? I know, and you're a priest. You read these same things I read. Yeah. We have to go back to a world biblical view rather than some psychiatrist or psychological opinion. That has nothing to do about revealed truth. Your thoughts? You know, well, God, in essence, what they're saying is God is wrong. Yes, that's what they're saying. The Bible is wrong. 
Well, look, look, look. One of one of my favorite scenes in the W.C. Fields movie. Yep. Well, the movie's called It's a Gift. Okay. It's a Gift. They get into a park, into this park situation, and W.C. Fields is looking at an hour. What do they call those? An hour hourglass? No, not an hourglass. Uh, a sundial. A oh, sundial. Yeah, sundial. Okay. A sundial, right? That tells the time with the shadow of the sure, the I shadow. Got it. Yep. got it. He's looking at the sundial and takes out his own watch and says to his wife, the sundial is two minutes slow. <laughs> it's funny. And, and she said, she said, that's right. The sun is wrong. Your watch is right. The sun is wrong. Yeah, I see the analogy. Well, this is, yeah. this is the same thing. Of course. That's right. The word of God is wrong. Mm -hmm. You're right. You're right. Wow. Well, congratulations. Let's see. Let's see how long that, that, that lasts. Wow. You being right that way. That's a great yeah. analogy. And you know, this is, why it's so sad in the church, many, and I know that I always quote this quote from Bishop Barron. He says, it's a sign of a corrupt church that stops thinking deeply about the truths of Christianity. A church that is against being precise about its teaching is a corrupt church. I'm going to say it right now. The right. church is corrupt right now because of its ambiguity. It's making uh, statements that anybody can believe one way or the other, and it's not supporting the salvation of souls. And remember, the last canon law of the church says that if souls are saved, right, everything is saved. If souls aren't saved, nothing is saved. So that's why we're so bold about teaching what the biblical worldview is, because it's the truth. Father, could you give us a blessing, please? Absolutely, absolutely. And remember, one day we'll be free of all this nonsense. Oh, I love it. And the truth will be clear again. Can't wait. Let's pray to God, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost descend upon you and remain forever. Amen. And if you want to get some of Father Charles Murr's books, just go to uh, the internet on your Google search. Uh, put down Charles Murr, and you can find his books. And I thank you, Father, again, for sharing some of those insights with Cardinal Gagnon. What a great prelate. You know, this is what the church is looking for. Man. We're looking for uh, a clergy that are going to lead us to Jesus Christ in season and out. And I just want to publicly thank you for writing the books you've written because it's helping us understand what's going on in the church today. And I want to thank our listeners for listening. I hope so, Terry. I hope so. Oh, you I bet. Hope so. And I want to thank our listeners for supporting us here at Virgin Most Powerful Radio. God love you.